Well, Logan, everyone, welcome to the Red and White Authority. I'm Art Regner. This is episode 187. And as always, the Red and White Authority is presented by Labatt Blue. Whether it's winter, spring, summer, or fall, what better way to end your day than with an ice-cold, frothy Labatt Blue? It is the official Canadian beer of the Detroit Red Wings, but we do ask that you drink our premium beer responsibly. Let's get right into it. Our guest is the head coach of the Grand Rapids Griffins, and I promised him at the start of the season we would have him on, but um, things have gotten in the way. But uh, we're so pleased to have Ben Simon on again. Ben, uh, uh, welcome to the program. Uh, thank you very, very much. Well, thanks for having me again, Art. Appreciate it. Yep, and uh, first of all, I, I hope you had a happy, uh, belated happy Thanksgiving to you and season's greetings as well. We're, we're in that time of the year, and, you know, they, they always say, Ben, as, time, as you get older, time flies, and I, I, I'm definitely feeling it. And uh, I can't believe already that the Griffins have played 18 games. You're 8, 9, and 1, 8 wins, 9 losses, uh, 1 overtime tie. You're good for 6th place in the AHL Central Division, have 17 points. I guess the first question should be, how would you characterize the season thus far? Uh, you know, the... the Probably the best word is inconsistent. So, or consistently inconsistent, if that makes any sense. So, uh, you know, we, we've played very well at times, but then at other times uh, we, we haven't. And a lot of it, uh, it has come down to self-inflicted wounds and uh, kind of shooting ourselves in the foot, which uh, we're encouraged by because we can hopefully, in the short term and long term, correct those mistakes and uh and continue to get better uh as individuals in this hockey club but um you know one of the biggest things that we're seeing uh is we're taking way too many penalties at bad times of games and uh just it, it kills the flows of games kills momentums of games and uh it's just kind of the way things are going right now but obviously we've got to correct that and make sure that uh, we're putting ourselves in the best situations to have chances to win games. You know, the, the Griffins have always been really, really competitive, and I've always said, you know, one of the best times you can have, a, and in Grand Rapids is not far away from the Metro Detroit area, is to go see a Griffins game. It's highly entertaining. Uh, you and your staff do an outstanding job. But I, I, I guess I'm looking at it, is the roster – because Detroit is sending so many high-end prospects your way, is is that part of a young team, uh, you know, making mistakes and you know getting their feet wet and starting to learn the pro game? Well, some of that are, are, can be absolutely be attributed to that, but we also have, and we have historically, as we do this year, we've got some older players that we rely on heavily to make sure that these younger players are learning and getting. And, and getting assimilated to the American League as quickly as possible. Uh, so, you know, we, we understand that some of these younger kids are, are going to make mistakes. That That is inevitably going to happen. So are the older guys, but they've been around a lot longer, uh, have a lot more life experiences, game experiences to lean on to help these young kids uh, to, to learn from their mistakes. So, uh, you know, we, we're expecting these young kids to, to, to have their little slips and their lapses and uh, we expect our older guys to, to be able to help them out. So we, uh, we're fortunate with that, and we've just got to make sure that uh, we're putting these young kids in, in opportunities to, to have success. 
Ben, sometimes I guess I should refer to myself as Captain Obvious, but I would imagine, is, and you, you said something, you said, hey, even the older guys make mistakes, but is the difference how they rebound from a mistake? I mean, do you have to be very aware when a younger player, a young prospect makes a mistake, how they react to it so they don't start sulking or dwell upon it? Well, f- for sure, and every player reacts differently. Every player has different personalities, uh, and that's our job is to try and find out how these kids react to, to different situations. Can we be hard on them? Can we, uh, can we, do they, they need a little bit more of a, an approach with a dry erase marker? Are they more visual with, with seeing it through video? Um, is it more on ice teaching? Um, but all those things go into uh, really a continuous process, a continuous project of uh, their development and, you know, a lot of it is just learning to get to know these kids and making sure that, you know, with the younger kids, it, it's a fine line between allowing them to mistake, make mistakes and learn from them versus holding them to, an, you know, a different level of accountability that some of these older players have to have because their expectations are a little bit different than the younger players. You know, Ben, uh, when I was, uh, you know, growing up, I can remember when I was very young, it was like, don't trust anybody over 30. You know, that seemed to be it. And that, you know, and, and it was explained to me that each generation is different. And you've been a coach for a long time. You're a former player. Um, are you seeing a difference in each generation of hockey player that you have to coach? Well, I, I, in general, I think this league has gotten a lot younger for the most part, but uh, I don't look at it like that. I, I do think that uh, the game in and of itself has changed a little bit with some regards, just the the pace, the, the speed, the you know a lot of the physicality, the, the fighting has, has kind of gone by the wayside here. But uh, in general, I, I think the biggest noticeable difference of, you know, say 10 years ago is the amount of information that's available to these kids. And a lot of these kids, they, they, these players, they want answers. They want feedback. And for better or for worse, uh, you know, we, we give it to them. But I, I do think that the resources we have uh, available to us, whether that's through video, whether that's through sports science, whether that's nutrition, whether uh, or not that's through uh, mental skills coaches now, uh, you know, there's so much available to these players to, to help them grow in every facet of their game and every facet of their life that uh, – you know, it's it's a balance between making sure they're getting what they need and, and not giving them too much. Uh, I I really want to start asking you about uh, about a few of the players, and but you know, I'm really fascinated, especially with the job that you do, because it's you're always in transition. Players come, players go. Uh, you know, they come, get called up to Detroit. Um, uh, but I, I would imagine that regardless of what who's on the roster. Does your job change from season to season, or is it pretty much more of the same, regardless of if you have a high-end prospect team or a low-end prospect team? It's pretty much hockey and, you know, transitions and transactions. I don't know. What was it a couple of years ago? You had like 56 transactions in a season, which was quite a lot. I mean, how has it been panning out for you from a coaching perspective? Well, I think it varies in the nuances uh, throughout a season and from season to season, uh, they vary and they differ based on, I think, where the organization as a whole is. And right now, obviously, Detroit is at a, at a point in, of their rebuild and where they want to go that uh, we've got some young defensemen that they're hoping we can help expedite the process of their development 
uh, and, and some young forwards too, but hoping we can excel their development and, and get them to Detroit as soon as possible so that they can continue to build and progress to be, you know, becoming a, a playoff team again. You know, I understand what goes on in the room stays in the room, I, 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 and I certainly respect that. Uh, but I am curious, how much interaction do you have with the front office of the Red Wings? And uh, is it a little more, is it a little different for you? Because as you just stated, you know, there's goals and aspirations for some of these kids to be Red Wings sooner rather than later, perhaps. Oh, for sure. But uh, I mean, th- there's constant feedback from from both ways, from us communicating to them how, you know, how a practice was, how a player was uh, after a game. Um, the, they call us wondering and asking questions. Uh, the coaches will call, you know, for example, when Bergeron gets called up, you know, Tange wants to know where he was in the power play, where he was used, uh, what his strong points are. Uh, Newsy wants to know exactly, was he playing the left side, the right side, what type, you know, type of situations. And, and Steve obviously wants to know exactly what's going on. Yeah, and <laughs> it's, uh, you know, and, and that's fantastic. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's important to know what we're doing down here. And he obviously has an end goal. And he wants to make sure that we're held accountable to make sure we're doing our best to continue to improve the organization. Well, all right. I mean, I think that, you know, we've got a little bit of an overview. Let's get into some of the uh, some of the players on the roster. And, you know, first of all, you did mention some of the veteran leadership, I would imagine, and just to, to name them off. And I, I know I'm going to miss a few guys here, but Brian Lashoff, Stephen Camper on the back end, uh, you know, uh, Austin Zarnick, Taro Hirose, Chase Pearson, I believe, is back now. So these are guys that you're really kind of, I would imagine, looking at uh, to set the uh, – uh, the standard for the Griffins, which has always been extremely high. Well, for sure. You, you mentioned a few of those guys. Um, I think you, you left out uh, Joel Esperance, right. who's leading our team in goals. Uh, and another guy that we're, we're missing is, uh, is Matt Luff, who got called up and obviously got injured up there. Right. Um, but those are older guys that we, as, as well as the ones you just mentioned, that uh, have tremendous amount of experience in this league, uh, have had success in this league, and uh, have been really good with the younger players in terms of showing them how to be pros on the ice, off the ice, in the weight room. Uh, it, it just little attention to detail, you know, practice habits, uh, being punctual, being on time, uh, what to do away from the rink, how to eat before a game. So, you know, we encourage young players to, to be around these guys as much as they can and, and be sponges, ask questions. Uh, and it, it really starts with their first training camp, being around the NHL players and those guys, and we, when they do come to Grand Rapids, we still have plenty of pros that maybe don't have the, the, the same NHL experience, but this league's a lot different as well with, the, with our travel schedule, with the number of games and shorter periods of times. You know, we're playing three games in four nights in three different cities, traveling on a bus, as opposed to, uh, you know, just jumping on Redbird and flying to the next city. It's, right, uh, right. it's a little bit more of a grind down here. So it's important to, uh, to manage your time, well, to make sure you're taking care of yourself away from the rink and, uh, developing a routine and you know, we stress to these kids that the really good pros are, are boring they get into a routine they know exactly what they're doing when they're doing it how they're doing it and then you know if that routine doesn't work then, then you switch it up but I think it's important to get into a rhythm get into a routine and uh, with that comes uh, you know just the the the, uh, the ability to kind of not relapse, but rely on, on, on your schedule and you're accountable to yourself and now you're dependable to your teammates. Right. You know, I know we only have you for a limited time today, so I, I, I want to get right into the uh, players. I mean, every time I talk to you, Ben, I ask you one question and 
like 15 follow-ups pop into my head, but I, you know, I, I don't have that luxury today. And uh, so let's get into it. You mentioned uh, a Yonatan uh, a bear grin, but you know, I've already told him it's going to be Bergman, <coughs> and he's he's more than willing to be called Bergie. Uh Yeah, I, I've always liked him. I've always liked him. I've told this story before. I saw Steve in the elevator at Little Caesars Arena. I told him Bergman was a player. I, I think he's acquitted himself quite well here in Detroit. I know he set the uh, Grand Rapids rookie scoring record last year. Uh, what can you tell us about him, and are you surprised that he seems to be adapting pretty well to the NHL game? Um, no, uh, not surprised. I mean, I'm a huge believer in Bergie. Huge, huge, huge fan of his. And the level of improvement, the growth in his game from last year to where it is now, it has been fantastic to, to watch and to, to work with and help him get to that point. Um, uh, his offensive instincts are, are fantastic. He's creative with the puck. He's extremely, what a lot of people don't realize is how strong he is on the puck. He's a pretty right. rooted little guy uh, that has got fantastic lower body strength. So when he gets the puck in corners and his edge work and his uh, low center gravity, his, his strength on the puck is, I think, significantly underrated. But... Uh, no, it doesn't surprise me the success he's having. His defensive play is much improved from last year. His willingness to engage in battle situations more, go to those hard areas, has become way more prevalent. And I think that he's showing, A, a willingness to go to those hard areas, and, B, he's showing a little bit more propensity to win those 50-50 pucks, those 50-50 battles. So. Uh, the biggest thing for him is just to make sure he's doing it on a consistent basis. So then we turn on the Red Wings game tonight and we're watching them. Uh, you know, we're, we're, I'm watching person to make sure he's doing the little things right and making sure <laughs> he's doing the, those things that got him to that point. So, uh, but, you know, we're, we're, we're happy for him. We're excited for him that he got the opportunity now. It's up to Jonathan to, to make sure that he's making the most of the opportunity, whether that's eight minutes of ice time, whether that's 18, or whether or not he's – not in the lineup and he's, he's practicing to make sure he's continuing to compete and work hard and doing it on a consistent basis. Yeah, but it's interesting. I, I, I mean, you know, you, you're, you're coaching from afar, it sounds like, every time you watch him. And, uh, but uh, what I noticed about him, because I've only seen him uh, on Zoom calls the last couple of years when I have talked to him and actually seen him physically, is that I always say this about Adam Ernie. He's as wide as he is tall. And, and you, I think you mentioned it. He's a pretty well-built-together kid. He's got pretty big, broad shoulders. I mean, he uh, – I didn't know what I was expecting, but he's uh, a lot more, I guess, for lack of a better term, a lot more solid than I anticipated. No, and that's exactly what I alluded to earlier. He, he's a lot stronger. I do think right. that's an underrated quality that he has. He's strong on that puck. Right, right. Yeah, there's no doubt. And uh, – uh, you know, I don't know if you're going to see him again, Ben, or not, but if you, if you do, I know you're going to do an excellent job with him. You already have. Um, let's go to uh, the defenseman because I think everybody is probably at this point saying, okay, you're 15 minutes in, Regner. We're Simon Edvinson, you know? And so uh, I, I know that he was dealing with nursing a little bit of injuries, but in 13 games he has nine points, one goal, eight assists, and is a minus two, yet he seems to be adapting well, but I don't want to put words into your mouth, Ben. No, Simon, uh, his biggest uh, biggest issues are, are really just adapting to the North American game. And like any young defenseman, like any young player coming over, um, sometimes it does take time to get acclimated to a lot of different first things. You know, it's a different country, different language, different coach, different rink size, you know, a lot of different uh, 
uh, things to get used to over here. Um, and again, like another any other young player, the, the consistency is on a, on a daily basis. And really, the, for him, the schedule, I think, is the biggest thing, making sure that uh, he's ready to play with urgency and with conviction every shift of every game. But over in Sweden, they would play every Friday and Sunday and maybe the occasional midweek game. But, uh, you know, here we're playing Friday, Saturday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Like it, it gets to be... Uh, a grind a bit of a task here and, and we've actually uh, we've been on the road for a while but our schedule with all things considered the the load of games and has been relatively uh relatively easy but compared to what he's been used to it's it's it hasn't been so uh he, he was sick earlier in the year and then came back from that and uh had a little bit of a uh adverse reaction to some food the other day so he's uh he's missed some games due to kind of some freaky little issues but uh when he is playing uh, he's got to make sure that he is uh playing with a, a tenacity and urgency and making sure that he's keeping things simple and uh, he's got fantastic hockey sense he's got a unique skill set and i do think that uh he will be an nhl player someday but uh i think that he can help expedite that process by being consistently engaged on a shift to shift basis and he uh, does it does it often but it's got to be every every shift and let's uh, continue uh, uh because as i said the time's limited today uh albert johansson whom you know most people before the season began said if there's a dark horse candidate to make the red wings blue line it could be johansson who has really blossomed the the last couple of years 17 games played three assists uh no goals yet uh, and uh, a minus three how's uh, how's young albert doing you know, Albert has been a, uh, a pleasant surprise. He plays with an edge. He plays with some tenacity. Recently, we've used him on the power play, and he's he's worked nicely in that facet. Um, but just his overall approach to the game, you can tell he's played in a men's league. He's played pro hockey for a little bit now. Uh, he, he he's a competitor, which which you like, and uh, obviously some some things to grow into. But overall, we're, we're excited at where he could potentially end up and we're excited with uh, where he is right now. So obviously we're only 18 games in, but uh, he's done a nice job of, of getting situated here and getting his feet underneath him and get a little traction here. And I think he's playing with a lot of confidence right now. The next player is, uh, and I've told you, I think this before, Ben, that either people love his game or they're not so impressed with it. It's like one way or the other with him, but Emil Vero, 11 games played, one goal, he one point and a minus four. How's he doing? You know, email, we call him Gmail down here. You know, it's uh, a again, a fantastic kid, fantastic person. He's an extremely hard worker, both on and off the ice, uh, willing to learn, willing to get better, uh, plays very engaged, sometimes uh, too engaged, too physical at times, and, and just reading plays for him over here. It's a little bit, things happen a little bit quicker here, uh, progressing nicely. But, you know, he's, he's got to continually remind himself of just situational awareness, game management, puck management, uh, no different than a lot of younger players. But uh, those are his things that we've been focused on most recently with him. And, uh, you know, I, I want to mention Donovan Sobrango and, and I guess Jared McIsaac, although I don't know what's up with McIsaac, and it could just be me, but I couldn't find any stats on him for some reason. And I don't know, I thought he was playing this year, but I... Uh, but 
uh, both of those young men seem to, uh, you know, be holding their own. And when Jared was playing, especially last year, he was healthy finally. He pretty much showed what he has. Yeah, no, Max. Uh, Max played. Oh, he's, he's played in every game. So he's played yeah, see, 18 games. He's uh, nine points, also half a point a game. Uh, he's been very good at times and other times uh, has struggled a little bit. But we've relied heavily on him. And, and for Mac, he's kind of turned a page where he's not a young, young defense relative to some of these other guys. He's got to kind of turn into being a, a little bit more of a leader, a little bit more of a, you know, helping the younger kids along here, and he can help in that facet. But a uh, big part of our early power play success uh, was with him uh, running the point there, and he's got to make sure that, again, he's doing on a consistent basis and not letting uh, little things fester and grow into bigger things. And I think that he has grown and matured exceptionally well uh from his first year to where he is now, so he's uh, he's on the right track still, and uh, you know he, he's doing a lot of good things. And I, and I know that and I know you are, and, and I am as well. Uh, very impressed with Donovan Sobrango, especially being what uh, an underager, shall we say, like 19 years old, and being able to uh, hold his own in the AHL. Well, Donovan again, he's uh, this will be his third year in, in the American League. Really, you know the the, the COVID year and then last year was a full year for him. So this is really his you know, second and a half year, however you want to say it. But uh, he's leading. I never would have guessed he'd be leading our team defense and goals. He's got three goals in, in 15 games. And uh, you know, he's, again, a, a kid that competes extremely hard. He's one of the first guys at the rink every day. Uh, he does work on little things that have been noticeably different in his game. And I think it's reflective on, on his work ethic and his attitude and wanting to become better. So, you know, credit to him. He's invested a lot in himself and in his career and becoming a better player, and you're starting to see that reflected in his overall game. And uh, let's uh, let's jump now to a couple of the forwards here. Uh, you know, first of all, Cross Hannes, uh in 17 games played, 12 points, 7 goals, 5 assists, uh, minus 10, but, you know, he's a young forward. Uh, you know, we'll give him a, a pass on that one, although he's, I'm sure he wants to improve on that number. How's Cross doing? Uh, we don't give passes on plus minus and yeah, goals I, I against. Know you don't. <laughs> yeah, um, but uh, Cross has been a pleasant surprise. He's come in. He's contributed offensively more than we thought he would. He's uh, got his confidence about him. He's had some early goal scoring success. He scored seven goals already. Um, he's been used in all situations. He's been used on the power play when Bergie got called up. We moved him to our first unit. Um, Defensively, we've we've used him on the PK. He's you know it's a that's a a work in progress. But his defensive game, uh, like you said, is it's it's a young junior kid that probably got away with relying on his skill and outscoring his mistakes in juniors. To now, you know, it's a little bit harder to to defend away from the puck and just positional play when he doesn't have the puck. But he's uh, he's extremely receptive and uh, and learning and teaching and. He does seem to learn from his mistakes uh, somewhat quickly, so that's encouraging. So uh, he's got a lot of great attributes about him, and again, off to off to a very very good start to his professional career. And uh, you know, uh, a guy that uh, Red Wings signed before Steve started making all these moves, who uh, is termed a late bloomer, and that's uh, Pontus uh, Andreasson. Uh, Seventeen games, thirteen points, a plus two. Uh, five goals, eight assists. Uh, he seems to be adapting very well to the North American game. 
Yeah, well, it's you know it took him a little bit of time to, to get going here, but he had uh, two, three, four, five points in his last four games. Uh, as of recently, he's, he's kind of turned a corner here, and I, I think a little bit has to do with, A, again, uh, getting used to the, the smaller ice surface here, uh, but also he was he was playing wing most of last year, and he's getting kind of reacclimated to the center position, which he played a couple of years ago. So uh, I, I think that just the the number of games played, the experiences over, he, he's he's learning from, he's growing from it, and you're, you're kind of seeing that uh, that growth, that learning curve, kind of start to center out here, level out here, and I think that uh, he, he's in a good spot right now. And finally, I, I want to ask you because we're gonna have to wrap it up here, but uh, Giovanni Smith. Uh, you know, obviously has grit and toughness. His game at times translates well. I know you opened up this conversation saying that inconsistently consistent, if that makes sense, uh, describing the Griffin season that's this far. Is Giovanni kind of in that territory as well? Well, Giovanni's, when he's at his best, he is playing uh, in your face. He's finishing checks. He's playing physical. He's getting in on the four check. He's making smart, easy plays with the puck. He's taking pucks to the net. He's got a shot mentality. He's dependable away from the puck, uh, way more than capable. And when he's doing that, he's he's a impact player for us. Uh, but when he's not, it's uh, it's not fun. <laughs> and, and and you know I, I, we've talked about this, um, but it, but it, it's a tough spot from two to to. It's a it, it's a game within a game to try and draw penalties and to be in your face and to you know get under the other team's skin whilst not taking penalties and, and put ourselves in, in the team uh, in, in bad situations here. And just there have been a few times just where he's taken some penalties where unnecessary and uh, it, it's led to, you know, I want to cost us some games, but it's led to so, some areas where we, we maybe would have fared better as a team. So uh, just making sure that he's consistent with his discipline and making sure that he's consistent with his attention to detail and how he's approaching the game. All right, and one final player, and then I know I've got to let you go. Uh, uh, you, you had him, and he's been going between Grand Rapids and Toledo. Looks like he might be the walleye goalie here uh, for the foreseeable future, but that obviously is not my decision to make. But Sebastian Cosa, and I know you know head coaches sometimes lead goaltending to the goaltending people, but uh, what can you tell us about Sebastian or what you have seen from him? Very young player, uh, turned pro this year and could have gone back to junior. Uh, you know, I, I've seen a lot of willingness to learn, and in the time that he was here, obviously he uh, he came down, uh, or came up, then came down, came up, then came down. But uh, his first game against Milwaukee played very well. You know, he got his first win, had a solid game, only let up two goals, and then went down to Texas. And uh, it's a tough building to play in, but again, it's a, a young rookie going to a tough building, and he's going to go into these situations as his pro career. Uh, you know, here I am talking about going into the Texas Stars on a Friday night. He's hopefully someday going to go into Madison Square Garden on a Saturday night. He's going to go into, you know, some of these NHL right. buildings that are way, way, way more intimidating. But, uh, you know, it was a learning experience. And he took that as uh, he, he wasn't quite ready, mentally engaged, ready to play. And all of a sudden it was three shots on three goals. But to his credit, he, he settled down. He dug his heels in and was pretty good in the second and third period. But he's... Uh, He's an extremely engaging young man. He's uh, very personable. Uh, another kid that just seems to want to learn and want to get better. He's not in any rush to, 
take shortcuts to get to Grand Rapids, to get to Detroit, um, which is encouraging. He, he's willing to put the time and the work in, and wherever he is, that's what he's going to do the best and, and work the hardest at where he's at. So that's uh, that's how I had seen him with the time that he's been here. Yeah, you're definitely engaging and very confident in his ability, but willing to put the work in, and that's uh, really half the battle. Uh, ben, yeah. uh, it, it seems like, you know, from afar, and I've been trying to follow the Griffins as much as possible, but that you've been on the road a lot, or it seems like your long road trips are, I, I mean, are you looking forward? Is it time, especially this time of year with the holidays happening and all that, uh, be home a little bit, maybe start to turn it around? Well, it, the, the beginning of the season, it's kind of leveled off here. I think we played eight home games now or whatever, six home whatever. It's uh, it started to balance out a little bit, but it was tough. The schedule was not kind to us at the end of the year, but, uh, you know, those are all excuses. Right. Um, it, but, it, but it is reality. So that's, that's you know, it, it's fact. But at the same time, too, it's, you know, every team goes through long road trips. But it, it was tough when you played your first two games at home, then you go on a nine- or ten-game road trip um, and trying to, you know, get settled into your first apartment, your new, like a lot of guys, there's a lot going on. And it, it's nice to be able to get home, get settled in here and, and you know, sleep in your own bed to, to cook your own food. So we have to take advantage of that uh, in the next little bit when we do have the, the fortune of playing at home. Ben, you know, final, final question. I know you're an American. Um, are you into the World Cup at all? I am not in the red zone in the office all the time, but uh it's tough to watch a game that that has that many players, that big a field, and a score is one nothing after two hours of watching it. So uh, we do have a lot of guys that love it, though, and it, it is kind of it's a unique uh, thing to watch. So with the, the the amount of people that are so passionate about it, and uh, it's it's great for the sport of, of soccer or football, as they call it. Uh, but yeah, I'm not uh, not too not too into it. You know, Ben, spoken like a true American, that's what I tell everybody. I go, you know, it's pretty slow for me. It's just kind of slow. And they say, well, you like baseball, right? I go, yeah, I love baseball. They go, well, that's pretty slow, too. I go, it's different, though. It's it's just different. The balls hit hard or something. I'm not sure. I mean, I don't dislike it, but I just cannot embrace myself into it as, as probably like I should. So, anyway. Uh, but I'll tell you a quick story about that. When, when I played over in Germany for a year, over in uh, Iserland at the DEL, we had probably 12 imports, which were Americans or Canadians. We had a day off. Uh, Steve Sterling was a coach. Mm -hmm. We decided to have an off day. We there's a big soccer pitch behind the rink, so we decided it'd be, a, it'd be fun for team building to we're going to play a game of soccer. And it was the the import, the Americans and the Canadians versus the Europeans, and it was ridiculous how good the European players were at soccer. And the North Americans, myself included, were it was like a, a World Cup team playing against a, a bunch of peewee eight-year-olds. It was it was crazy. Those guys, it, it, it's actually a, a pretty hard sport to play. Maybe that's why I don't like it, because I stink at it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, well, we'll have to leave it on that note there, Ben. But, you know, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I wish Team USA nothing but the best, certainly. And, uh, you know, it was great that they won. But, uh, uh, but hopefully it'll be an acquired taste. I've been told my whole life that eventually it's going to explode here in the United States. And I'm sure it's a lot bigger than it was when I was younger. But yeah. I don't – I'm still not sure that it's competing with the four majors at this point. So we'll see. But, Time will tell. Yep, it will. Ben, 
as always, I kept you a little bit longer, but I do appreciate it. Best of luck to you and the Griffins. I will be out there. Uh, now everything is, is kind of settling down. Michigan's football season is uh, has wrapped up, so I'm, I'm not uh, obsessed with it like I should be. I know I know you're an Ohio native, so I don't know if you were hurting on Saturday or not. But uh, uh, but anyway, and I know Notre Dame is your school, so so maybe you were smiling uh, like Wolverine fans were on, uh, on Saturday. But uh, thank you, Ben. Thank you very, very much. Really appreciate it. Uh, best of luck to you and the Griffins, and uh, it's always great to catch up with you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Have a great day. You too. Okay, take care. Bye-bye. Bye.